Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Outdoor Adventures. We're chilling here at the uh, the Beans Mansion in, in uh, the Cosmic Hamlet by the Sea. In Pretty Omer. nice. Love it. Yeah, we're, we're enjoying the view. It's uh, getting a little dark on us. Yeah. And uh, we're just out here chilling, telling stories, and I kind of wanted to, to ask you a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were talking last time on the beach, you mentioned uh, about a strange sighting that you had when you were out hunting. Mm-hmm. And like this one. Oh, good thing we got that one. Yeah, good. Man. Yeah. Um, so you were telling me about the strange sighting that you had while you were out hunting. Uh, I was wondering, can you go into a little bit more detail about that? Sure. It's uh, one of my favorite places to hunt. It's called Kasugi Ridge, and you have to drive a good three hours at least north of Anchorage. It's this mountain pass, um, and so I, I like to go out there and hunt bears, and you got to... There's not a lot of people out there because you got to hike, you know, pretty steep deal, you know, for a good day and then you get up on top of the ridge and um, there's a bunch of bears up there. there. There's guides that hunt bears out there and it's, it's just a wonderful place, uh, but it's kind of getting into the interior. It's definitely, uh, you know, kind of getting into Unit 13. Um, so it's conceivable that sometime caribou come down that far low. I, I know they've been spotted there before, but there's no big herd, and it's not a real, you know, the, I've never seen a caribou there. Um, so I was hunting. Um, I shot at a coyote. And the coyotes are kind of like nuisances here. Like, they're not even listed um, on, on the regs because they just moved up here in the last 50 years or so. Um, not really native to Alaska. They just kind of moved in. Uh, shot at a coyote, missed that, um, and then I was up on the ridge, and I saw this creature get up on a rock and kind of crouch and kind of step towards me. He was about 90 yards away, 90 to 120 yards away. Um, I had a, a, a three by nine scope on my rifle, and I was just like, "What the hell is that?" So immediately. Um, you know, you, you're supposed to use your binoculars, but I could tell it was an animal. So I immediately threw the rifle up, and then I was just like, what the heck? Because um, I thought, oh, it's a fawn caribou. You know, it's a baby caribou because it had these big kangaroo ears. And sometimes the young caribou look like that. They, the caribou have big ears, kind of like elk. They're big, all awkward ears with a pointy face and um, no horns yet because they're too small. Um, so it looked like that, but then it, it it did this predator move where it crouched low and sunk its shoulders and reached forward, and I I didn't know what to do. I was like, that is, that can't be. I, I was thinking maybe my mind is playing tricks on me, and it, it was just like crouching, and it was actually a young caribou, because that's, that's the only thing I think it could be with the ears, but then the, the way it moved, and I, I decided not to shoot it because I didn't, you know, if it was a baby caribou, I didn't want to shoot that, but uh, going, looking back, I wish I would have just 
taking a shot because it was so weird. And um, I did a picture of it, and I did a video, and I did a drawing of it. I'll, I'll uh, uh, email you the picture to throw up. But um, somebody uh, commented, and it was like, that's the exact thing I saw down here in the lower 48. And other people said that it's kind of like a dogman-like thing. But um, it was just weird. Well, I, it's funny. I just heard uh, a discussion the other day, people talking about, like, well, you know, how come there's no proof of any of these cryptids? How come hunters haven't haven't shot them? And right. and, and you, you you just basically made the point that one of the people was trying to make in the argument was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hunters are generally uh, pretty well trained and ethical as far as what they do is taking animals. And a lot of people just won't shoot at something if they don't know what it is. Yeah, I didn't want to get in trouble or kill a baby thing or um, it was just weird yeah and you hear you know especially something on two legs like a bigfoot mm -hmm. you, you know that's a that's a risky shot to take to shoot it something is on two legs. I mean, a guy in a monkey suit or you know maybe you'll feel bad it's just like a human being with a hair growth problem or a mountain man and yeah. furs or something yeah uh, you know especially up here you know there's yeah there's probably some people out in the, in the bush that uh, don't get out much and right you you yeah. wouldn't it'd take you a few beats to realize what you're looking at before yeah. you realize they're a person if i was up close though and just saw like the ape face i would hopefully be able to fight the fear and shoot i have heard stories where people uh, one of the coolest bigfoot stories um, I've heard was down in uh, southeast. So this was like Sitka or Juneau, but it was a teenager hunting uh, with his uncle, and they were sitting in a truck. And I guess like a nine-foot-tall Sasquatch just walked up to him, and they were just paralyzed with fear, and they just felt like it could just smash into the truck. And so they like didn't do anything. They just sat there while it stared at them slowly. We kind of walked around the truck and took off, but. Yeah, I mean, there's different things out there. Another interesting cryptid, uh, I didn't see anything like this, but I talked to a guy. He was a, a Nupiat man from the North Slope of Alaska, way up there. And he said he was way out in the middle of nowhere hunting once, and he saw an eagle man. And I was like, well, what, what do you mean an eagle man? What did it look like? And he said it looked like a, a humanoid, you know, arms and legs except it had big wings and the head was like a giant eagle's head and he said it was like six feet tall and he was sitting there watching it with his binoculars and after a few minutes it turned its head at him and then just slowly stood up and jumped up and took off and flew off um, did he say it, it flapped its wings as it was flying yeah yeah because i've heard a few like winged humanoid encounters where mm -hmm. not here in alaska but in other places uh, right. like mothman stuff like that right where it wouldn't it would just throw its wings out and then shoot up in the sky it wouldn't oh. necessarily flap its wings interesting yeah it sounded like it was just like a weird bird man and it flew um we do have some interesting stories that made the papers um and this was i actually read it like in I think it was the Anchorage Daily News. It was, it's been a good seven years. But uh, a pilot, a bush pilot, I think this was in Southeast again, too, saw a giant bird that... Uh, I remember that. Yeah, I that was, it was, was like yeah. 20 feet, foot, you know. He, he radioed the village and told him to put the, bring the kids inside or something. Or yeah, something. but he said it looked like a pterodactyl, yeah. which was weird. It, it was like he described it exactly like a dinosaur bird, so... I mean, if anything could survive, it would be something in the ocean or one of those pterodactyl birds that could, you know,
fly in the air and get away. Yeah. So makes you think. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, a lot of stuff out there that, that we just haven't caught up with yet. And, yeah. you know, it just you just need a low population density and, and a propensity for remaining, uh, you know, low profile and yeah. you know it's not as hard as, as people think it is for an animal to go undetected mm -hmm. i mean when you were talking about coyotes a while ago yeah um i've seen coyotes here on oh, this yeah. property oh they're here and yeah. uh never heard any because mm -hmm. uh, usually, usually you hear coyotes before you see them but I, right. i've caught a couple on a trail camera here mm -hmm. uh and i've seen one run through the backyard here <clears throat> but uh you know i i, I live here mm -hmm. and i've lived here for like over, over 10 years, like 15 years, pretty close. Mm -hmm. And I've seen one with my own eyes once right. and then caught one on trail camera like twice. Mm -hmm. So three times in, in 15 years. Wow. I mean, that's, you know. And they spread like wildfire. I think it took them 70 or 80 years to move from the East Coast to just yeah. basically all of North America. So well, have you heard amazing. any mountain lion sightings? Oh, yeah. And um, the... That's a neat cryptid thing because it was proven. Fishing Game finally, after a bunch of sightings, finally said, yes, we have a confirmed sighting. A biologist saw a mountain lion. Um, but they, they make their way over from British Columbia, and it's just a matter of time before a population will kind of set up here. I, I believe there was a reported sighting at the uh, Skelac Lake area. Oh, wow. So that, okay. that's the closest to, to here. Yeah, um, Kenan Peninsula. Yeah, funny mountain lion story. I, you know, I, I was in eastern Washington, um, mm -hmm. like I was telling you, and we're, we're walking on this, this logging road, the one where I had the thing happen. Yeah. And uh, it was weird because it was almost like a Noah's Ark. It was a sandy, you know, kind of dirt road. Right. And it was almost like a Noah's Ark of animals. We saw deer tracks. We saw elk tracks. We saw turkey tracks, we saw uh, bear tracks, wow. and then we saw mountain lion tracks. Oh boy! And I hadn't really thought about it that we were, there were mountain lions around there. I'm, you know, lived in Alaska long enough. I, you know, bears don't. I have a healthy respect for them, but I'm not scared of them. Yeah. Uh, same thing with, with other animals. Uh, but then I saw those mountain lion tracks, and I, you know, I, I can't. I think Will Ormer told me what they were, mm -hmm. and I kind of had this moment where I was like, "Oh, I don't know how to deal with mountain lions. Yeah. I, that's a little weird." And it, I was confronted with something I'd never been had to worry about before. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I hear they're here. I haven't mm -hmm. seen one. I haven't had any sightings reported to me, but uh, they're allegedly around. Yeah. And by far the the biggest cryptid, I guess, paranormal uh, all over Alaska, uh, by far, would be the little people. And those stories are pretty creepy, too. I don't know if you've heard any little people stories. I've heard a few. I've never had any encounters directly uh, related to me. But uh, I've, I've heard several stories. Um, it's just, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. Because <clears throat> it's almost like a lot of the natives... Uh, fear the little people almost more than they do the hairy man. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of weird that they... There's stories with, like, little fairy rings. If you get called into them, uh, you'll get sucked into a time warp and come back 80 years later and you haven't aged. Um, they're mischievous, play tricks on you. One of the most interesting reports I heard was there's a bush pilot in western Alaska. 
and he flew, he was pretty low, and he flew over what he described a city of little people, and they had torches and fires going, and it was just like a giant city where there shouldn't be anything, and it was all lit up, and just all their little huts and fires, and he was just, but yeah, that's, it's probably the most common uh, story, and a lot of them are pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's something I don't really want to run into. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I, the one, I mean, I can, you know, people say be careful what you wish for. Uh, right. I want to see a Bigfoot. That's my ultimate yeah. goal with this. I want to mm-hmm. prove to myself that they're real. Mm-hmm. And I always have people tell me, like, be careful what you wish for, man. You know, people that have had, like, right. scary or violent encounters, like, be careful what you wish for. And my, my answer to that is always, you know, people jump out of planes for fun, right? <laughs> you know, like, everybody has their thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the little people, that would be, I don't know if I could deal with that. Yeah, that's creepy. So, yeah, always be aware of your surroundings and, uh, yeah, have a backup plan. I think that would, that would also, uh, that would be one of those things that would just make you question everything. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. <clears throat> It'd be like, okay, so there's little people, so what, what, you know? <laughs> what else is there out there? Yeah. So, <clears throat> real quick, mm-hmm. it's getting a little chilly. I don't want to keep you out here and, and freeze you up. Actually, you're born in Alaska, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. See, not very many people are born in Alaska. That's true. <laughs> yeah, most people move up here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're both we've both been in Alaska for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, people love it when I talk about um, preparedness, safety. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what are some of the things that you do when you go into the woods to make sure you come out? One thing that I believe did save my life once was a wooby. Uh, I had it in my pack because the weather can change just like that. So I usually have like a, a thick wooby. I have like a military one, but I even have a kafaru one that's really thick. Um, and then like a rain poncho cover to go over that because I was got caught out in the weather once. And if I wouldn't have had that, I probably would have got hypothermia. So that was amazing. Um, any kind of little fire starter you can have, and then you you got to have the right clothing. You need boots that'll keep you warm, waterproof. You need layers, and if you don't have the right clothing to keep you warm and dry, I mean, th- th- this land will swallow you up. So yeah, I, I like to say uh, Alaska's a harsh mistress. Yeah, uh, she'll she'll treat you right, and she'll take care of you. Yeah, but she'll kill you in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, but, yeah, that's uh, scary. I I like to. Uh, one of my favorite things as far as like preparedness and, and, and you know, survival, uh, I like to say be in charge of your own rescue. Yeah. And that's, you know, I always make sure that somebody, usually my wife, but mm-hmm. somebody knows like if you don't hear from me from X time, right? call somebody, call you know, the troopers, let them yeah. know what's going on because I'm in trouble if I don't get in touch with you. I usually carry yeah. a satellite communication device mm-hmm. or something. Good. Uh, but also, you know, it never hurts to do a little research into the area you're going into. Yeah. Uh, troopers are, are in charge of search and rescue for the for uh, Alaska. Mm-hmm. But just make sure, like, you know, where is the nearest trooper post? You know, is there going to be anybody on duty? Yeah. Um, you know, being privy, being law enforcement, I've been privy to some, some radio communications with the troopers where they'll get that search and rescue call. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, well, 
tell them to hang tight because we're not going to be able to get anybody to them until in the morning. Yeah. So, you know, I've always had that in the back of my mind where I know, like, just because you call for help mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're coming. Uh, yeah. You know, you've, you've got to be prepared to take care of yourself for a little while. I like little fire starters, too. Um, we, we went on a day hike once across the bay, and the, it just started raining. All of a sudden, the temperature dropped. We didn't have the correct coats on. Uh, but we went under a big tree and we were, we were able to warm up for a couple hours until it passed with a nice little fire. So just those little ferro rods and the little ropes that you cut up. So those are nice too. Yeah. Well, before we get out of here, I got to ask it without, without, I don't want you to spoil any of your videos or give away too much, but uh, tell, tell me about this, uh, this special place you've been going to. So it's, uh, hopefully you'll check it out with us sometime. It's just across the bay here. My buddy didn't want me to give the, the location, um, so I just call it Sasquatch Bay. But it's connected to the same thing with Port Chatham is. Um, you know, Area A is way around and farther up. It's in that same landmass. Um, you know, I think any time you have to take a float plane or a boat to kind of get away from civilization, yeah, there's some houses or people live there and, um, the summertime mostly, but, um, yeah, I think you have more of a chance of seeing something when you get away out there. So, you know, we went out there, um, I did hear some things, um, nothing conclusive yet. I'm still kind of investigating out there, but, uh, really interesting and uh, it's a great spot to start, I think. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's kind of like uh, in Star Wars where he's telling Luke about the forces. He's you're taking your first step into a larger world, yeah. man. Get ready. Yeah, I'm excited. <clears throat> yeah. So, what would it take for you? <laughs> you know, I, I've heard enough encounters and I've had enough stuff happen to me <laughs> to where I'm in the ninety percent. You know, yeah. the high nineties that, that <laughs> they exist. I'd be more surprised to find out they don't exist than they do. Right. Uh, where are you on that scale, and what would it take for you to, to 100%? I definitely believe, but a part of it's, you know, I want to believe. Um, but what got me to probably the 80s was when I went to uh, Prince of Wales Island and saw the upside-down trees for myself and hiked, hiked up that mountain and saw it because um, scientists claim that a windstorm ripped some trees out of the ground, like, hundred years ago, whatever, and then they they all magically went straight down and buried themselves. There's giant trees upside down, and what the locals say is that the Sasquatch, because there's, that's a hot spot, Sasquatch did it to show their strength, to keep people out of the area, and show, hey, hey we can rip trees out. Um, but I, I just don't see a windstorm doing a whole bunch of them all exactly the same like that. It, it's just really weird and just seeing that was kind of an eye-opener for me yeah well, I'm, that's i'm glad you got to see that that's a that sounds like a great trip mm-hmm. prince of wales island is on my list we actually yeah. uh, had plans to go there oh wow. and uh it was 2020 oh right and, and we ended up having to cancel uh, yeah. because of everything going on then but yeah we we had to trip i had the um, campsites booked i had a car oh, wow. rented uh had the ferry ticket from Juneau to Prince of Wales and uh, had to cancel. Wow. Well, we might have to do it sometime because it's yeah. not too far from here. Yeah. Well, that, that reminds me. Uh, Chuk here is, like I, is an alumni from Alaska Triangle. Oh, that's right. I yeah. was on season one. He was on season two. So yeah. We're Alaska Triangle bros. Good times. Yeah. 
It was a fun show. Yeah. Um, well, man, thanks for coming and talking to me. I won't take yeah. up any more of your time. I had a great conversation with yeah, you. I think we could do this again. Uh, I could talk for hours about cryptids and Bigfoot in Alaska. Those are like my favorite things in the world. Let's do it. And guns, too. We hadn't yeah. even talked about guns. All right. So we can definitely uh, kill a lot of time sitting here chatting. Yeah. But uh, we're going to get get out of here and uh thanks everybody for watching i'm going to link to some of chook's videos and his channel there so you can take a look and uh we'll catch you next time